TikTok. Derek Miley. Cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sexist isn't good enough. No. Sex Talk with Eric Miley. Hey, folks. Welcome to Sex Talk with Eric Miley. Eric Miley here. I'm really excited to bring you a friend, a colleague, uh, an all-around badass. I'm just really excited that you're here, Kara. Kara Bowling is here, folks. I am a big fan of Kara's work. You would think this would be something that a therapist would learn or have some sort of familiarity with, but we're going to talk about all about what it's like to have to go on maternity leave when you have your own private practice. And this will apply to those of you who are, are not therapists just because so many of us out here never, ever, ever get told how to take maternity leave and address the stressors that are coming. So welcome, Kara. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Kara did my summit and we just hit it off so much that we decided to be friends and she needed to come on the show too. (laughs) (laughs) So I really want to hear about the guide, but I really want to hear about how kind of you arrived at the the guide. How did you kind of come to form this guide for yourself? Well, very slowly. It took me until my second pregnancy to really know that I needed to write the stuff down. And it just kind of came to me out of the ether. I don't know. It was just Mm -hmm. like, you need to write this and you need to make it funny. Or if, if not funny, like weird, you know, (laughs) or something and just not serious because when I was pregnant the first time I was at an agency. And so I had, you know, access to people to like talk things through more and, people who knew that I was pregnant. I probably did wait though till the end of my first trimester. I don't know. Yeah, Mm -hmm. probably I did to tell my supervisor anything. But then when I was pregnant a second time, I just forgot everything that I had done the first time through. And I think so, that's like a, I think that's a biological necessity. So we'll just keep doing that. That's right. It's the same thing with, <laughs> with your kids, right? You're like, yeah. Oh, I totally forget the pain of childbirth. Yeah. Let's do it again. It's fine. <laughs> and yeah, I totally forget the sleepless nights of the first year times four. So then I was pregnant again. This time I was in private practice. And so I think the thing that was probably the scariest for me, if I'm being completely honest, in that first trimester when I realized, you know, I'm pregnant, here we go again, was, oh my God, what if I need to throw up in the middle of a session with the client? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. What if I'm sitting mm-hmm. and some with someone's deepest pain? And it's one thing to be nauseous. But it's another thing to like actually have to follow through with that. So, so I was like, let me, let me see if I can find anything online or any books or anything. And I couldn't, I found one little like four paragraph, maybe max blurb on like the American Psychological Association's website. And it was very, it was like nothing. I don't even remember what it said. It was like, okay, well. Duh. And also it was very kind of stuffy sounding and clinical sounding. Yeah. And and didn't address that very serious concern of what do I do when I vomit in front of a client? Said nothing <laughs> about vomiting. You can believe it. 
said nothing about vomiting. Before I was a therapist, I did, um, you and I were talking about this, I did a lot of different kinds of social work and I was a housing um, case manager back when I was pregnant with my son. And that definitely crossed my mind many, many, many times. Like, okay, what are we going to do when I need to like feel, when I feel like I'm going to be sick and oh God, I'm standing in front of or sitting in front of someone who has no idea who I am, but I'm trying to help them pay their rent. And then I've got to put my face into a garbage can. Yeah. Did it ever happen? It did not, luckily. Thank God. (laughs) But I definitely was nauseated and trying really hard to like focus on my work with that. And just like everybody else out there who has to work during that, when you are experiencing any kind of like sickness while you're pregnant, when you're trying to get through that, you're looking around you and going, okay, who do I tell? One. And two, why do I have to tell anybody? (laughs) I'm not ready to tell anybody yet. Or these symptoms are so distracting, it's really, really hard to just do the, the basic daily work that you had to do before. Yeah. And I mean, therapy is such a job. There is no other job maybe that where you have to use yourself so much. And in that first trimester, especially if you're having, not everybody has morning sickness, but especially if you're having morning sickness or you're exhausted, that's another thing that can happen in the first trimester. You do not feel like yourself. And so, yeah, there's a part of me that wanted to be like, I'm so sorry I'm not myself. This is Mm -hmm. why, you know, it's not you, Mm -hmm. it's me. And there was another part of me that did want to protect my privacy and, you know, didn't want to have to, if anything did happen to the, you know, baby, like miscarriage is real. It's a reality. Mm -hmm. It happens. Absolutely. You know, I didn't want to have to have that conversation with my clients So you're in just in this hard place where you're kind of shouldering a bunch of stuff on your own. Feeling kind of lost in the, in the woods and not really, at least at the time, I remember feeling pretty isolated by it. It, Did you notice that yourself? And do you, have you heard that from other therapists? I'm a person who processes things verbally. And so I did like want to talk to some people that were in my network about it, you know? But at the same time, I had this maybe probably irrational fear, but a fear nonetheless that no one said, you know, don't be worried about that. Don't be afraid about that. But I had a fear that if I told people who sent me referrals, because I thought if they know this about me, what if they stop sending me referrals? You know, what if they're like, oh, well, you know, maybe I'll think about her later because she's going to be out of the office or what have you. And that's maybe not realistic. You know, maybe it wouldn't have happened, but that was definitely a fear of mine. You made that a really good point there. Like, was that fear legitimate or not? I mean, who's to know? And like, that's also a fear of every other person out there who's not necessarily a therapist, who like, Do I tell my supervisor? Could I get fired? Will they hire me at all? Like when people are are potentially applying for work, like that fear, I think, is a legitimate one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. I mean, I, I hope 
what I would like to do in the world is to make it just like one of those things that we talk about is pregnancy and maternity leave that we just talk about as a part of business life and work life, because there is like a shroud of secrecy around it. And people do have opinions about how productive pregnant people may be. Certainly people who have kids can be, and it's not true. You know, we, we can work really hard. We can work hard too. Absolutely. There is that that kind of misconception of treating a pregnant person with the kid gloves, right? Like the that this is a fragile this is a fragile person now because they are pregnant. When in reality, yes, there are some there are some limitations, but actually you can live a very full life and you can be working well, well into your third trimester and feel like yourself or at least feel, you know, get to do those things that are, that are about you before your life becomes all about baby. Yes. And I kind of want to throw a caveat in here because, you know, on the one hand, pregnant people can do anything, most anything that the average worker can do. On the other hand, you know, we, we are a pretty work obsessed culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's, that's coming up for me with my clients with this whole COVID thing. It's like their employers are looking at how many hours they're putting in during the day. And I think you can still be productive without putting out a lot of quantity. I agree with you. I think that's I I think that's a great segue to talk about like how <laughs> now that COVID-19's here, now what? But I think that point you just made is a really important one. That idea that you need to spend 8 hours that when in reality we've actually seen that people are more if if it's possible for someone's job to be done at home, people are more productive at home obviously when it, when things are care. typical <laughs> when you have childcare <laughs> and they're not trying to be teachers too <laughs> we are both laughing knowingly for both of, for all of you that can't see us right now we both have children at home and are trying our best to be telehealth therapists as well as teachers to our children and going a little uh, a little nuts over <laughs> it <laughs> trying to do our best um but having that having that baseline of like oh you need to be working for 8 hours during a time of crisis when we're all trying to face something that we've never faced before is absurd also bringing it back to just you know maybe regular times i don't know will times ever be regular again we'll see i know but you can be productive as a pregnant person and not have the same caseload that you had before or to work it differently, to take more breaks in between clients. So you maybe have longer days, but you're not going, going, going. There's a lot of things you can do to continue to maintain your productivity, however much you choose to work. Mm -hmm. Now that we are in the world of COVID, your guide brings us some questions essentially of like how do you care for yourself when your body's going through such stress and trial and I think these are um, 
apt times for that for everyone. But like, let's talk a little bit about that. Like, what are some of those first things that you encourage therapists to do and evaluate and and how might that apply to COVID-19? Being pregnant and especially being self-employed helper, there is a tendency to want to work more in order to make sure you're financially sound for maternity leave. And I totally get that. And also there are things that your body and your emotions and your mind is going to need that will be kind of different and unexpected, especially if you've never been pregnant before. But even if you have, I mean, every pregnancy is different. So balancing those two things is really important And there's no right way to do this. It's like everybody has to figure out their own way. You know, maybe there are things that you can do to work smarter and bring in more income, but you will only be pregnant with this baby this one time, you know? So as much as you can consider yourself and your body's needs I really want to encourage people to think about that. So did you want me to talk about specifics? Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be helpful to folks right now, being able to kind of lay out, like, y'all grab your pens, grab your pencils. (laughs) So there's all the regular self-care stuff that is important. Like, you know, the stuff that everybody could benefit from, like massage and acupuncture And chiropractic care is really important when you're pregnant to make sure everything's in alignment and you're ready to get this birth and thing done. And that stuff might be more difficult now, right? Because we can't just, you know, pop on over to our massage therapy studio anymore. But before COVID and even now in the time of COVID, there are ways that you can handle that. You can still do some of those things at home if you are partnered with someone who loves you, I assume, and wants the best for you. And, you know, you can have your partner give you massages, right? You can also do self-massage if you're not partnered. The acupuncture studio that I went to when I was pregnant is now offering like online, here's how you can do acupressure for things. And they'll send you like herbal kits for certain things. And I don't know how chiropractic care is, you know, considered essential or not. Um, There are things that, that I would guess would make it essential. Back pain is real in the third trimester, especially, but you know, if you have like a great perinatal chiropractor in your area, I'm sure they're finding ways to help people online too. I think you're right. Like there's got to be people who are doing some sort of certain things that they can like through video, through, um, so get, get online in your communities as much as you can, if you have access to that. I also encourage people, if you've got any kind of subscription to anything like Amazon prime or things like that, there is pregnancy yoga types of things that you can be doing that can help your body a lot, at least deal with some of the discomfort of the physical experience. Yeah, I'm sure that 
prenatal yoga classes have gone online in your area. There's also yoga with Adrian, little plug oh, for yes. yoga with Adrian. And that I've is done free. That. A, it is the shit too. <laughs> it is so good. That low, she does a low back uh, flow that is just <laughs> awesome. And that's free, free, fitty free. free. <laughs> I'm just wondering how many home births are going to happen during the time of quarantine. I, I'm just really like, Kara, maybe we need to get on the research, start comment and like see, see who's jumping into <laughs> home birth options during this period of time. Yeah. Well, you know, for my second one, I was planning to have a home birth. I did recently check in with uh, one of my home birth midwives and she's like, business is good. Yeah. It's sad that everyone is scared to, you know, have a hospital birth if that's what they originally wanted. But yeah, that's an option. Yeah. One of the things that you encourage in your, in your guide is to be, to assess how to plan financially. What are some of the other things like you want folks to kind of assess before, or maybe in the early parts of their pregnancy and what they'll need towards the end of their pregnancy? Planning your financials is the biggest deal because you're going to want to do that slowly but surely from the very beginning, seeing you know what you have coming in and what you have going out, where you can cut back, what else you can bring in if you can offer more groups or a workshop or something in the second trimester of your pregnancy, not leaving it to the third trimester of your pregnancy. But other than that, in the... In the very beginning, you know, I think it's important to do some internal work to kind of adjust your expectations of yourself. And, you know, if you haven't been seeing a therapist, maybe this is a good time to check in with a therapist, you know, birth brings stuff up, pregnancy brings stuff up for people that we're not always expecting. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Families, if you have families around you, like that, it brings up so much stuff. And people in your life will say shit you didn't think that they would ever say to you. Mm -hmm. And you'll be like, what planet <laughs> am I living on? How did you, uh, what on earth did you think I am having this baby? <laughs> I might be having a flashback right now. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> just saying, like, People get, so real. Uh, people get a little a little sideways when it comes to pregnancy. I mean, the big things of life, I think people get sideways around anyway, like marriages and funerals and just these big, big transitions of life. People get unsettled around, which makes sense. And therapy is a therapy is a really good place for a lot of those things so that you can protect yourself to be able to talk about those things that maybe you really want to say to, you know, sister down the road or, <laughs> or a potential grandparent that you're just like, no, these are my boundaries, but oh, boundaries. That's an excellent thing to learn how to do when you are in the early planning stages of pregnancy and, and especially throughout your pregnancy, helping other people understand what you want in your life. I mean, when you think of that, like going through private practice, establishing those kinds of boundaries, like what was that like for you with pregnancy? Oh my gosh. With family? 
Do you really want to open up this can of worms? <laughs> Do we want to talk about this with the people? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm cool. I got stories. I am I totally stories. game for them, to be completely honest. Like, I'm just like, this is this is yeah. one of the things I actually hear from my clients a lot. It's like, no, I, I'm I'm pregnant and I can't. My family member is making this crazy request of me that they need to be involved in the naming. And I'm like, what? on earth thinks that you get to be part of that. Yeah. Well, what I would say to that is no judgment, but thankfully the work that I did to set boundaries with my family, I started a long time ago so that by the time I was pregnant, it was sadly, but true. They were like firm, but you know, I think even if you have wonderful family members they can still say things and do things and go for things that you feel like are stepping on your toes and what i just feel like saying about that is that they don't really remember what it was like to have babies they don't right it was a long time ago when you were a baby i guess i'm thinking of mothers maybe it was a long time ago And so their memory of that early time is clouded by many, many years. And so I think it's okay to say like, thank you, but we're going to go in a different direction. Or I, what I'm hearing is that use your best therapy school tools, right? What I'm hearing is that you really care about me. And also we're not going to name the baby, whatever family name. Yeah, I I think remembering that our therapy skills are necessary in our own lives sometimes. <laughs> and that I and I encourage people who are listening to regardless of where you are in your pregnancy planning or whatever the case may be, get into therapy because boundary creation is so important even if we're talking about pregnancy or not with your partner, with yourself, with the family that is involved in your life or not. All of that boundary keeping is so very, very important. But I know we wanted to make sure that we talked a little bit about what is happening with COVID and some of the things that is happening within hospitals and and requests that are being made of pregnant people. You want to kind of start us off a little bit? Yeah. And and I think that's a segue here because the last thing that I could think of to say about what to do early in your pregnancy would be to get your support team together you know so like who's going to be assisting you with the birth and making sure that you when you're with that person whether it's a midwife or a doctor or you know that your gut is saying yes yes I feel safe yes I feel heard and you know, whoever that support team is, whether it's, you know, your birth support, but also like a doula, the people that are going to be helping your body. Right. And it just really fires me up what's happening right now in the world, in hospitals. It's really sad in many ways. And I know that hospital, you know, personnel are doing so much right now with so little. And I know that the decisions that they're making around, you know, policies 
her birthing people are they're they're trying to do the best they can they're they're you know they're trying to balance lots of different risks and everything and i also have a very strong opinion that no one should be expected to birth alone not only because a nurse in a typical like you know maternity wing is not going to be able to be with you every moment of your labor and people who are birthing deserve to have someone with them every moment of their labor there's that and there's also the fact that even taking covid off the table there are certain groups of women and i'm thinking of women of color who already don't have the support that they need to be safe in birthing in a hospital setting which is another thing that really fires me up and is also incredibly sad so i am angry about it i'm also afraid for all the people that are going to be asked to be in this position and i don't think it's something we have to sit back and take because i don't think it's necessarily right and i said something like this in on instagram recently that decisions that are made in the best interest of the public at large if they're right for the public at large doesn't necessarily mean they're right for the individual and so using your support team to help you advocate for the kind of birth experience that you want or even just like something's closer to the birth experience that you want you know like maybe you can't have four people in the room with you i don't know who would want four people in the room with them mm. but some people do some people right? do but i i there was a moment during my son's birth that <laughs> There were people in the room that I was just like, why are these people here <laughs> when I'm about to put my, when the doctor is about mm -hmm. to pull up my gown and put my vulva out for everyone to see? Exactly. This was not something I planned on for that person to see. Right. Get out. Get out. <laughs> right. Get out. Exactly. So, you know, maybe you can't have, you know, your whole family in there if that's your jam, but to have one person, you know, that's something that I'm seeing hospitals are doing that they're saying, you know, you can only have one person and that person has to be with you the whole time. And I think that's totally reasonable. They can't leave the hospital. They can't leave the room or whatever. That's perfectly reasonable. And it minimizes trauma for the birthing person. If you have that person in the room with you, that person can also facilitate the support that you might need from a doula who can be talking with your support person in the room about how to advocate for those things that you need. You don't want to take the epidural that's being offered, all those little medical decisions that get made and there's pressure to make them. And anyway, you can connect with your support team and also use them to help you advocate for changing hospital policies. Yes, absolutely. There were so many, and this was, you know, my munchkin is seven now. So this was a while ago, but still like there were many parts of that experience for me that didn't at all go the way that I had hoped. And it can leave you feeling scared powerless and 
many people that I've interacted with who've after they've had their their children, they have talked very much about like, I wanted it to go this way and it didn't go this way at all. And there is a part of this human experience that we have to learn to roll with that it doesn't necessarily going to go our way. And it's okay to make plans and then ask for certain things and ask for boundaries that can be made during this period of time. Absolutely. How do people find you in the world? And I know you're doing some special fees for folks in Maryland. So let everybody know what's going on. So I am on Instagram at Kara Bowling LCSWC and Facebook also. I practice in Maryland and I'm um, all telehealth right now. So you can find me at carabowling.com for that. I am, I'm, I just recently tried to get on the, there's like a website if you're a therapist that wants to offer rates for first responders and, and healthcare personnel. So I'm there. I don't have any of those clients yet, but I'm offering discounted rates in Maryland uh, for people who are essential employees. And then if you're interested in the book, therapistguidetobeingpregnant.com. Yes. Thank you for being here. I'm here for you. I know you're here for me and the therapist community. We're all here. We're all in this together. Reach out. We're on the front lines too, as much as we're sitting, having to sit at home and do telehealth for some of you who've never done it before. The world, yes, is changing. And yes, we'll get to do therapy the way we want to do it again. Everyone have a great week and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the gram, and Twitter. See y'all next time.